Hello, and welcome back to the Beat the Book Podcast NFL Sunday Edition Week 11. FA and I are excited to bring you guys another week of profitable picks for Sunday football. But before we begin, is going to let you guys know who our special guest is this week, as well as how we did last week on last week's episode. Hefe? Alpha, we killed it last week. NFL Week 10 saw us hit on 70% of our picks, going 18-8 and eight overall. And this week, we're bringing that same momentum. We have 13 games that we're going to make picks for and give analysis on each. In addition to that, we have none other than Vaughn Dalzell joining us and helping out with some of the games. So stay tuned, and let's beat the book. Let's kick off the Sunday slate with the Titans at the Ravens. The Titans are coming into this game off a bad loss to the Colts. They've also lost three out of four games while the Ravens are coming in off a bad loss to the Patriots in Foxborough. And with this game, both these teams look pretty bad last week, Hefe. Honestly, both of these offenses look a little stale, but what really troubles me going to this game, neither of these defenses want to stop the run. That's exactly where I'm going with this game. I'm glad you said that. In this game, both teams' strengths on offense is the rushing attack, and both teams' defensive weakness is the rushing defense. So, in this one, the Titans have King Henry, and the Ravens' offense is entirely centered around Lamar Jackson and how he can move the ball with his legs and as well with Mark Ingram and moving the ball. How do you see this one playing out, F.A.? I am following this running trend. The Titans on the road give up an average of 150 rush yards per game. And the Ravens last week, we saw them uncannily look bad on defense, which is supposed to be their strength. I mean, geez, Rex, Burkhead, Damian, Damian Harris, these people ran over them. I'm seeing a lot of running in this game, and that's where I'm leaning towards my pick. But let's hear yours first. So my pick in this game is going to be under 50. With both teams rushing the entire game and eating up clock and being able to move the ball, I see points being scored, but I see a lot of time taken off the clock on each long possession with long sustained drives by the rushing attacks. Let me know what you see. I'm in total agreement with you. Under 50 is a lock for this game. I see running on both sides of the ball. I see long possessions, clock draining possessions. I see a lot of drives going down to third and short. And ultimately, I think 50 is a really good number. I don't know which way this game ends, but I know that both teams will rely heavily on the ground and pound scheme, and that will eat the clock. Under 50 alpha, we're agreeing on this one. Let's move right along to the Eagles and the Browns. Last week, we saw the Browns beat the Texans in a really low-scoring game in the midst of a tornado. And the Eagles, well, they had a much worse week than the Browns. Let them know what happened. Well, last week, the Eagles did go against the Giants in a big divisional game, and they did not get the job done. The Giants looked like a far superior team last week. The Eagles couldn't get it going. Miles Sanders was back. Alshon Jeffrey was back. It didn't really matter. They couldn't get any type of offensive chemistry going last week. And here's the thing. I said it last week about the Browns. The Browns beat bad teams, lose to good teams. Alpha, the Eagles are a bad team. And that's where I'm going with this week. Taking the Browns' money line. I have no trust in the Eagles. I am 100% with you on that one. I'm going to be taking the Browns minus two and a half. And like you said, the Eagles really do have a bad problem right now with moving the ball on offense. But if we flip to the other side of the ball, they have a lot of trouble stopping the run this year. And what is the biggest strength of the Browns? It's that Nick Chubb rushing attack, Kareem Hunt rushing attack. 
and the Eagles are giving up the seventh most rushing yards per game. So I really do see the Browns taking this one. You're on the money line. I'm on the Browns minus two and a half. Let's move on to the next game we have, which is going to be the Patriots and the Texans. Like we said earlier, the Patriots are coming in off an impressive 20-3, to 23-17 win at home versus Baltimore, battling it out in the, tor- in the pouring rain last week. While the Texans lost 10-7 to against the Browns in the tornado, like you were saying. Neither team is particularly good on offense. I see this playing out as a close game, ending by a couple points. But I see this game going under as well. What do you see in this one, Hefe? I don't know what to make of this one. I was a non-Patriots believer, then I watched Sunday night, and they make me believe them for some reason. They beat the Ravens, and it really never was as close as the score showed. But as you always say, are you looking at this game in a vacuum or in the full picture? Precisely. Great point. You took my, my thought away from me. My pick for this game has nothing to do with the Patriots winning or the Texans winning because, honestly, I don't know what to make of both these teams. But if there's one thing I will say, the Texans are exactly what we think they are, a team with a terrible run defense, a franchise quarterback with no running back or wide receivers to support them. They need to fix that ASAP or they're going to lose Deshaun's Watson's prime years. But here's where I'm going with this. Damian Harris has been a quiet, bright spot for the Patriots. Started six games, and three out of those six, he has over 100 yards. Five and a half yards per carry. And his over-under people is at 63 and a half of this game. And that's exactly where I'm going. Why? Because the Texans give up an NFL high 167 yards per game. Wow. That's a great play. Great find on that one, Hefe. Yeah. I, I, I think as a lead back, over 63 and a half is a great play. If you guys are sticking with us on the podcast, you'll uh, you'll remember two weeks ago, I took James Robinson in this exact situation versus the Texans, and he crushed that over-under. I expect the same type of results for Damian Harris. Over 63 and a half rush yards. Lock it in. What do you got, Alpha? Well, on this game, like I said, I'm going to be taking the under 49. I think it's going to be a lot of running in this game. Both teams heavily reliant on the run, and that's the way I see this one going. So I'm going to be in the under 49, and you're going to be over the rushing yards for Damian Harris. Let's move right along to the next game, Hefe. Take them into the Jaguars versus Steelers. This is an interesting game, Alpha. You sit back, you listen to the news, and everybody has this keyword they're using. Trap, trap, trap. This is a trap game. The Steelers are undefeated. They're going into a game where they should easily beat the Jaguars. Next week, they have a Thanksgiving showdown against the Ravens, and they have to be focused on that. I say BS. BS. Mike Tomlin does not believe in trap games. And I know people in the back of your head, you're like, well, didn't they only beat the Cowboys by like four points and the spread was a little similar? Yeah, but they were facing a quarterback they never seen before. The story's out on Jake Lutton. We saw him already twice. And I know, I know they're the hot pick because they took it up against the Packers last week. I'm sorry, guys. Pittsburgh is number two in run D, first in sacks, and second in interceptions. I don't buy this trap game bullshit. Pittsburgh minus 10. I see it the same way. <clears throat> Excuse me. I see it the same way you do, Hefe. In this one, I think they're looking at it just like the last game in a vacuum. They're giving the Jaguars too much credit for how they performed against the Packers. And I don't see that happening again against the Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers minus 10. They're a better team, and they're going to cover this week. Moving on to the next game on the slate, we have the Bengals versus the Washington football team. The Bengals are coming in 2-6-1, and one, while the football team is coming in 2-7. and seven. The Bengals last week got trampled by the Steelers, and that's putting it lightly. While the Washington football team made a great comeback and had a valiant effort versus the Lions, 
but ultimately they lost on the last second 59-yard field goal from Matt Prater. Hefe, how do you see this game playing out? Before we get into this game, I just have to make a mention. Alex Smith looked fantastic last week. He threw for a career-high 390 yards. Antonio Gibson added two touchdowns. That offense is finally starting to get some chemistry, people, and right in time for a nice matchup with the Bengals. I see two things happening here. I see the Bengals looking better than they did last week versus the Steelers, and I see the Washington football team continuing that offensive chemistry and quietly putting up points and staying in games. For that reason, I'm going to have two plays on this game, Alpha. I'm going to take the over of 47 points because I think both teams have proven now that they can put up points. And I'm going to lean towards Washington and take their money line. I think they're due for a victory. They're proving they can stay in games. They're proving they have grit. And they, at the end of the day, Alpha, they have a great head coach. And in the NFL, that actually means something. I couldn't agree more with you. I'm also on the Washington football team money line. With Washington this year, it seems like finally they're starting to get an identity. They've really relied heavily on Antonio Gibson, and they've rallied around Alex Smith. So this team has a pretty decent defense, and they're coming together on offense. Washington's going to take this game. Take the money line. I'm right there with you. I love it. I love that play. It, it, it could be It could be one of my favorite plays of the week, but we'll just have to wait till the end of the show for everybody to find out. We're going to move right along to the most highly anticipated matchup of the week. And I say that sarcastically, it's the Lions and the Panthers. Just like we said, the Lions last week almost blew a 24-3 lead if it wasn't for Matt Prater hitting a 59-yard game-winning field goal at the buzzer to hold off Washington. One of the great escape jobs of the season there. They got the ball back with 16 seconds. There's no way they should have even been in field goal range. Good for Stafford. Always quietly being that guy to run the best two-minute drill. I feel like you hear that, well, not that exactly, but you're a big Stafford guy this year, aren't you? Because he doesn't get enough love. I, I just don't get it. Matt, guys, wait. This is really a premonition I'm about to have. Later in his career, maybe in like two, three, four years, Matt Stafford will pull a Phillip Rivers, where for the last year or so, he'll go to a contending team, and you will finally see why he's that good. Great. So he'll go to a team with a great defense and barely pull out victories. Let's keep it rolling. <laughs> That's it this game, Alpha. Um... We have the Lions and the Panthers here, and the Lions, they're getting lucky. There's no other way to put it. They're facing the Panthers when I don't even know who's starting at quarterback. They're without Teddy Bridgewater. We already know they're without Christian McCaffrey. And we will either see XFL star P.J. Walker or West Virginia alum Will Greer starting at quarterback. I'm excited to see what they put on the field this weekend. And because of that, and because of that only, I got to lean to the Lions. I'm taking the money line. I'm sorry, P.J. Walker, Will Greer, no McCaffrey. They're just not getting it done for me, especially after the absolute terrible performance they had last week against the Buccaneers. I'm rolling with the Lions money line. What do you got? I'm going on the opposite with you. I'm going to be taking the Panthers money line. I just don't think the Lions are a great team. They've given up a lot of big leads, which we saw especially last week, and the Panthers are a gritty team. I'm going with the Panthers money line. Let's move right along to the next game we have in the slate, which is going to be the Falcons versus the Saints. And this game actually might be the most highest anticipated game of the weekend. No sarcastic tone. You just don't know what you're going to get. But I have a little bit of a take on this one. So a couple days ago, Sean Payton came out and said that quarterback Taysom Hill was going to be taking the bulk of the snaps, and they had nothing planned for Jameis Winston. I don't believe it. 
I think it's smoke. Why would he randomly come out in the middle of the week and announce that Taysom Hill was going to be the only quarterback playing? It just doesn't make sense why he would say that. I think he's trying to distract them. And I honestly think that Jameis Winston is going to have over 60% of the snaps in this game. With that smoke, with the line the way it is, I think you have to take the Saints in this one. I know they're going to be without Drew Brees, obviously, while we're talking about this. He has the broken ribs, put on IR. I think the Saints are a better all-around team than the Falcons. And I'm pretty sure all of you will agree with that. Take the Saints. Take them by the points. Saints minus three. I couldn't agree more with you. I think everything Sean Payton is doing is for theater. It's for smoke and mirrors. It's an acting job. He's starting Taysom Hill at quarterback because it's what it will take to get the Falcons defense off their game and game plan for a quarterback that is completely not how the Saints are game planning. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill could not be more opposite. While the Falcons will spend their time now planning for Taysom Hill, I totally agree with you. I think Jameis will end up with 60% of the offensive play calls. And I think because of that, I have to take the Saints minus three. I think that they will win because it'll be a mix of him and Jameis. The Falcons will be off their game. The Falcons aren't exactly the most consistent team. And the Saints, at the end of the day, are a better overall team on the defense and offensive side. I'm rolling with the Saints minus three. I totally agree with your take, Alpha. And I think that is a lock. All right. So now we come to the best part of the show this week. We have our special guest. We are joined joined by Vaughn Dalzell. Vaughn, how are you today? I'm doing great, guys. Just want to say thank you for having me on. I've been a listener all season, so it's even better now that I get to hear myself talk later on when I listen to it. <laughs> we love to hear that, man. Thank you for listening, and, and thank you for coming on, man. We're about to have a lot of fun, but more importantly, we're about to give the people some locks. Oh, I can't wait, man. This is, this is going to be the best part of the show when we talk about the locks. I just can't wait to get started. Let's do it, man. So let's start with the first game that we have on the slate. We have the Dolphins-Broncos coming up next. Dolphins are coming in 6-3, and three, and the Broncos are coming in 3-6. and six. The Dolphins are coming in off an impressive win over the Chargers in a battle of two rookie franchise quarterbacks while the Broncos are coming in off a beatdown versus the Raiders. Hefe, what do you see in this game? God, I, I hate to be this person, and, 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 I, and I feel like, like, a, like mania is taking us over. Tua mania. Everywhere I look, every time I see this game pointed out, everybody in the world is on the Dolphins. And why wouldn't they be? They're 3-0 since Tua became the starter. Their defense is looking better and better and better. And honestly, they have a great matchup here. If Drew Locke starts for the Broncos where he's not 100% healthy, he's only completing 55% of his passes. So I hate to be this guy. I got to roll with the Dolphins at minus four. And I got a little bit of a also a side bet on this one. Dolphins over two and a half team touchdowns. I'm rolling with two bets for this game because I'm loving the Finns that much. Vaughn, I got to know what you got. Hefe, I love it. I'm on the same boat, man. So there's a couple key things. I, I rode with the Dolphins over two and a half touchdowns last week against the Chargers. That was an easy cash. Um, with the, the play that I really love in this one is the Dolphins team total. I also love the touchdown play, but their team total set at 24 and a half. And the most interesting aspect of this is the Broncos have allowed their last four opponents to score 31 or more points in all four games. The Dolphins themselves, since two has taken over, 
you're right. It's been to a mania, 28, 29, and 34 points. And we haven't even talked about the Dolphins' defense and how they've forced plenty of turnovers. Drew Locke, turnover machine. This all points in the Dolphins' direction. The road team in this meeting, 5-2 and two against the spread in the last seven. And the Dolphins are 7-1 and one against the spread in the last eight meetings total, 4-0 and oh in Denver. Miami, Miami, Miami. I love it, Vaughn. I'm on the same boat with you, my friend. I'm taking the Finns minus four. Like you were talking about earlier, that defense creates turnovers. Brian Flores has done a great job with that team since he's gone in there. They've completely flipped it, and that rebuild has taken a lot less than time than I thought. They're already back in being a competitive team. Hefe, let's go right on to the next game, which we're going to have the Jets versus the Chargers. What can I say, Alpha? What, what, what can I say, Vaughn? The Chargers are better than the Jets in a lot of ways. And I don't want to hear anything about the last time we saw the Jets. They put up a valiant effort against the Patriots. I'm sorry. I'm not a believer. This is real simple here, folks. I'm not going to waste our time. This is a great matchup for Justin Herbert. First, a terrible Jets defense that's giving up on an average 294 yards per game. Jets have allowed 28 or more points in seven out of their nine games this year. This isn't hard math here, folks. Chargers team total over 27 and a half. That's my play. Take it, run it, lock it. What do you got, Vaughn? Well, last week when Alpha and I talked, we shared a football card together, and we had the exact same plays. Hefe, what is up? You're in my head, brother. We're on the same page again. I I literally have in front of me Chargers team total over 27 and a half. Um, Basically the same notes you made. The Jets allowed 30 or more points in six games this year. Um, I mean, the teams that they didn't were the Bills twice and then the Dolphins with that Fitzpatrick. In every way, sense of the form, you have to continue riding these rookie quarterbacks until they give you a reason not to. Justin Herbert, Tua, I love the spreads. I love the team totals. I love the touchdown marks. Um, Until you give us a reason not to play them, why not keep playing them, gentlemen? Couldn't agree more, my friend. We're going to make this a three-way. I am also on the team total for the Chargers. The Jets' defense just can't stop anything. They don't want to win. They're already 0-100 this year. Chargers aren't doing much better at 2-7. and But they're going to get this done, and they're going to put up points. I'm right there with you guys. Chargers team total. Let's roll right on to the next game, guys. We have the Packers versus the Colts. This is a game I'm really looking forward to. To me, the Packers coming in 7-2. This game to them comes down to the Aarons. Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. How is that offense going to handle that pretty good Colts defense? Hefe, what do you see in this game? I know. I know. I know. The Colts are good. The Colts have overall, statistically, the best defense in the league, giving up 198 pass yards a game and only 91 rush yards a game. I know. The Packers barely got by the Jaguars in Lambeau. Guys, I can't shake this feeling. I can't shake it. I love the Packers. I love them in this exact situation. No pressure. Vegas thinks they'll lose. They're coming in as the dogs. Aaron Rodgers is sitting in his ranch right now, sipping on his whiskey, smiling because this is the game he lives for. This is his mental Super Bowl. Packers, money line. Nothing else needs to be said. Vaughn, talk to the people. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one again, Hefe. I I like the Packers. I saw a lot of the the talk earlier in the week when Adams was questionable that the Colts were going to run away with this one. A lot of the sharps and the big money was going to be on this one with the public on the Packers, but I'm with you as well. The Packers almost lost last week. 
They legit almost lost to the Jaguars, and they have a lot to prove coming into this week. And let's not forget Aaron Rodgers is playing in a dome this week. Colts defense is great, but in the last five meetings between the Packers and the Colts, the over has hit all five times. If that's going to happen again, you know Aaron Rodgers is coming out on top over Phillip Rivers. Absolutely. That's a great point, Vaughn. And, guys, I'm also on the Packers' money line. Looks like we're all in sync this week. (laughs) I just don't think you could go against Aaron Rodgers. And like you said, in a dome, that was one of my biggest points. When he gets to play in a dome, he's such an elite. He already is an elite quarterback. But give him a dome. He's got no uh, weather to worry about. He is absolutely elite. Let's move it right along to the Vikings and the Cowboys, the last 4 o'clock game of the week. Vaughn, start it off and tell the people what you like. Favorite play of the entire week. It seems too easy, and it probably is. During the Mike Zimmer era, the Vikings have been 11-5 and against the spread since 2017 against non-NFC North opponents. Now, yes, they just played three very tough division games, but they came out on top in all three, and now they get Andy Dalton and the Cowboys. They've, the Cowboys have lost 38-10 and 25-3 with Andy Dalton as a starter. There is no reason why Minnesota's in rollover. Cowboys are allowing 157 rushing yards a game and second to last in that category. And turnovers forced. I love Dalvin Cook and the Vikings to roll in this one. Absolutely. I'm on the same boat. And let me play off what you're going with. I'm doing a player prop on this game. I'm going with Dalvin Cook over 96 and a half rushing yards. Too easy. I think, I think he's going to have a monster game. He doesn't have back-to-back games kind of like how we did last week. He did not look good against that Bears defense, and they held him down. And you can't hold Dalvin Cook down back-to-back weeks, mm-hmm. especially this year and especially in this spot. I'm taking Dalvin over 96 and a half rushing yards. Hefe. I'm right there with you guys. Statistically, the Cowboys defense is one of the weakest defenses versus the run in the league. Less pressure on Cousins, more opportunities for Cook. That's the recipe for victories for the Minnesota Vikings. I love the Vikings in this game. The spread is seven. I think you could grab them at that. Side note, because there's going to be a lot of eyes, a lot of ears on Dalvin Cook. Look out for Justin Jefferson in this game. The guy is quietly having one of the best rookie years for a wide receiver. He might be, at the end of it, the best rookie wide receiver out of this class. With an over-under of 57 and a half, you got to look at that just a little bit as a player prop. I love the Dalvin play as well. All right. Love it. Let's catch those, gentlemen. Let's move right along to the Chiefs versus the Oakland Raiders. Guys, this game, I think, is going to be a revenge statement game by the Chiefs. After everything that happened in their first matchup at Arrowhead, when the Raiders did a victory lap around the stadium, their Chiefs are using that for full motivation this week. They're going to be playing angry. They're going to be coming out fast. And the Chiefs are going to win this game. I'm taking the Chiefs by the points. Hefe, what do you see in this game? You took it right from me. The Chiefs are going to come out angry. The Chiefs are going to come out fast. What do I think that means? I think that means a first quarter bet, gentlemen. I love both of them. I love the over and I love the KC spread. The over is at 10 and a half. Let's not forget. Let's not be crazy about this the Raiders are good and and Carr's having quite possibly the best year of his career but they got hit with the COVID bug bad this week I believe a total of 10 players on COVID list not being able to practice all week long that has to have some type of an effect but with that being said Casey's mad I heard a quote from Travis Kelsey guys 
He said that some people on the team are taking this as seriously as the Super Bowl. They did not like what the Raiders did to them. They did not like that whole getting in the bus and driving around the stadium thing. They were disrespected. They feel disrespected. And you don't disrespect Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs team. And that's exactly why I think they're going to come out fast and heavy. I'm loving KC minus a half point in the first quarter as the spread. And I'm loving the over 10.5 in the first quarter as I think both teams can score. And I think they will do so quickly. Vaughn, tell the people what you got. I could definitely see that happening. And I'm playing off of both what you guys said. I expect a very fast start as well. Um, I got Kansas City four and a half in the first half on the spread. Um, I love that because, believe it or not, uh, behind New Orleans and Miami, uh, their third place was 17 and a half points per game. Uh, Las Vegas just simply doesn't do it as much. They're 12 and a half at home, which is farther down the ranks. But again, revenge game. We already knew. I knew they were taking it serious. But after you told me that Travis Kelsey quote, man, I'm all in on the Chiefs. Um, I think that they're going to come out on prime time, ready to roll. And they're not going to let anyone down this time. Great take. Guys, we are just – we're synced up. And just so all the listeners know, we did not have a prep meeting before the <laughs> show. This is live, people. This is happening in real time. And we are going to move on to the Monday night heavyweight matchup between two teams that are coming off of statement wins, in my opinion, the Buccaneers and the Rams. The Bucks showed – that the game against the Saints two weeks ago was nothing but a hiccup and that their offense is absolutely for real, putting up 46 on the Panthers, while the Rams showed excellent offensive balance and defensive pressure, sacking Russell Wilson six times, picking him twice in a victory last week against the Seahawks. This is your textbook fantastic matchup. Great defense versus great offense. But gentlemen, let's not knock the Bucks' defense, who's sneaky good. League-leading 12 interceptions? League-leading 76 rush yards per game allowed? You know what that means? They're going to put that trio of Rams running backs in jeopardy, which should have an effect on Goff and the play action that they love to use. Bucks minus four. Leaving it at that, tell me what you got, Vaughn. This is definitely going to be the most interesting game on the slate. Now, if I was picking a side... I think I would actually lean the Rams. And there's only a few reasons why. One, I do love that defense, and I think that that secondary could do a good job of limiting the big plays downfield. But the Rams specifically have been very good in Tampa Bay. In the last four meetings, they're 4-0 against the spread. They've won six of the seven spreads against them. And the road team has always won five out of the last seven in here. So the Rams already have that historical data backing them. But I think the fact that the best bet in this one has to be the under. Two great defensive teams. Um, do I trust Jared Goff to get 25, 30-plus points on the Bucks? Not really. They were great on the East Coast this year, you know, scoring 37, 35, and 30 until the dud against Miami. But, again, the Bucks defense is great. I'd lean the under before I pick a winner. But I do like the Rams side here if you want to go a little money line for a payout. Absolutely. I like where your head's on on that one. I'm torn on this one. I can't pick a side on this game. I'm, I just I don't know who's going to win this game. We're going to have a good one in this one, but I don't know who I don't know who's going to come out on top. But I do think I know who's going to have a big game. I'm going to be taking a player prop. I'm going to be taking Mike Evans over four and a half receptions, which is going to be plus money. You get that at plus one ten right now on DraftKings. There's so much value in Evans right now. I think he's going to have a monster game. I know that the Rams defense is good. Jalen Ramsey's on that side, but you just don't know. 
what you're going to get in this game from a score. And for the props, I definitely think we have an edge with Mike Evans over four and a half receptions. Couldn't agree more. I, I love the Evans play. I think it fits right in kind of how the season's been going. I mean, when you have A.B., when you have Godwin, when you have Gronkowski, there's not enough D-backs to cover all those guys. And Evans is just a fantastic security blanket for Brady at the end of the day. Nice find, Alpha. Thank you. Well, guys, it looks like that's going to bring us to the end of this week's analysis. But, Vaughn, can we get, if you don't mind, your top player two from the afternoon and evening slate yeah of course so um for the evening i definitely have to go with the vikings play the vikings is going to be it's you can't overthink this one too much um it should be just a role for the vikings all throughout the whole game Uh, i don't see any Dalton make a difference in this one so minnesota vikings roll with the seven in that one handily and um i know you guys always do you know teasers or little parlays and stuff so i did want to throw one of those out there uh, if you guys don't okay. mind. Shoot. Let's hear it. Let's so hear it. this, in my mind, had to be the easiest money line parlay of the season, gentlemen. Um, I'm excited. Drum roll, Drum please. roll, please. And I got the, you know, uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, so the Steelers money line, it's an easy one there. Then you got the Vikings money line with the Cowboys. And then top it off with the Chiefs money line against the Ra- the Raiders. I mean, does it get any easier than that, gentlemen? Can you? That, wow. Wow. Repeat it one more time. So we got please. the Steelers over the Jaguars, the Vikings over the Cowboys, and the Chiefs over the Raiders. All money line bets. That is plus 106. Wow. Wow. Plus money plus for that? People, when you hear this, when you hear this, you should be running to place this. Running. Not My name is Von Delzel, but they call me V Money. That's all I'll say. 106. Oh. Thanks for coming on, man. <laughs> We appreciate you so much. Thank you for your analysis, your picks. You were wonderful, man. FA Alpha, as always. Thank you, guys. And I'm glad we were on the same page. Like I said, it's a smooth show. And I can't wait to, you know, hear the rest of the shows the rest of the season. And good luck, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. And who knows? Maybe we'll all get together and put out an additional play for everyone tomorrow. Just so everyone knows, recording this is Saturday. Tomorrow's Football Sunday. But we'll be in touch. We might have something special for you all. Vaughn, thanks again, Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Be good. And before we get into the top two and our collab teaser, I want to say one more thank you to Vaughn Dalzell, who came on and absolutely crushed the last segment, Alpha. Absolutely. He gave great information. Very appreciative to have Vaughn on. And hopefully, we can get him back on soon for you guys. Let's hear your top two, brother. All right. So we're going to get right into my top two, FA's top two. We have Vaughn's that we already gave out. And the collab teaser. Let's get right into it. Alva's top two are going to be the Saints minus three and the Chargers team total over 27 and a half. Hefe, give them your top two and the collab teaser. I'm rolling with the Packers money line and the Dolphins minus four. For the collab teaser, we're going to take the Vikings minus one and the Chiefs minus two in a six point teaser. And with that being said, folks, that's an end to our Week 11 episode. You know the drill. Gamble responsibly. Best of luck. And let's beat the book.